Nathan, you know, our show has a lot in common with PBS programming in the 1980s. We're both fa- uh, funded by the National Endowment for the Arts. Yep. yep. Um, Republicans in the Senate want to cut off our funding. Yes, yes. And there was a series for children in the 80s called Wonder Works, and I always call you my little wonder work. Oh, you you wrote a parody version of the Oasis Wonderwall song um, in, in which you call me Wonderwork the entire time. <laughs> You're talking Blunderwall, my parody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Blunderwall. Yeah. That's, the, that's the Mad Magazine parody, right? Yeah. <laughs> and my Wonderworks Mad Magazine parody, uh, Blunder Erps. Yeah, you got a blunder herbs. <laughs> I right. I'm never proud how often whenever I see titles of new movies, I try to think of 80s mad magazine parody titles and I always <laughs> laugh and laugh. Well, I'm I'm happy that you do. Uh it gets me going in the morning like a nice hot cup of boiling Coffee. Yeah. And this from the man who hates any hot beverage. Do you still hate I hot do. beverages? Yeah. You still hate them. Yes. The only one I don't like, the only one I like is hot cocoa. I was going to say, I bet it's hot chocolate. And it's hot chocolate, baby. <laughs> it's the only one I can stand. I bet it's when a candy bar is sliding down your throat into your tummy. Oh, a nice, warm, <laughs> boiling candy bar. <laughs> Well, that's why I call you my little perfect person. And coincidentally, oh. the TV movie we're talking about today, our network special for the day is titled How to Be a Perfect Person in Just Three Days. And it was shown first on October 8th, 1984 on PBS. Uh, and of course, I- I've I've forgotten to say this until about... 45 minutes to an hour into the show a couple times before. <laughs> Not this time. Not this time. Because you were uh-huh. listening to Network Special, the only podcast you need to listen to, to listen to us talk about the golden age of appointment-based television when you had to watch what was on, when it was on. And now, thanks to the magic of the internet, you can watch things whenever you want. Again and again and again. And I am here yes. with my co-host, who... Nathan. And in the booth, uh, who who is crouching unseen to me in our booth? Jeremy Demery. And I'm Zachariah. Jeremy uh, has his fancy new camera today. Can you switch on to ca- your camera mode, I can. Jeremy? I can indeed. But we're, oh, there we're, you are. We're an audio medium. <laughs> no, so, I, well, yeah. I like it. <laughs> it calms me down. How about this? Right into my face. There it is. Well, hey, listen, everyone, if you uh, want to see video of this, email in. Tell us you want to start that to start that big, fat, juicy Patreon. Patreon. Email in. <laughs> Come on, podcast listeners. Let's get those podcasting bucks. We got some emailers on the line. Uh-oh, mailbag. Here's what they said. Now let's crack some of that podcast juice. Take a big swig, and here we go. I'm not familiar with these references. 
<laughs> this is how I'm going to make sure our TikTok takes off. Wow. Oh, by the way, yeah. let me tell you. Tell our me. Our TikTok is taking off. Aha. Uh-huh. The quadruple T. Yeah, we are... Uh, we are at a uh, triple T, I guess. Five over five hundred followers now. Ooh, baby! <laughs> Look out, women shoving their chests into the camera. <laughs> We're coming for you. <laughs> hey, this is only one post a week. I'll have you. I'll have you know. Wow! For all those. For all those algorithm lovers. And we're one of those brainy podcasts that eggheads listen to because- (laughs) Only eggheads. We talk about (laughs) stuff based on books, like how to be a perfect person in just three days, which was based uh, on a a book that was written in 1982 by Stephen Maines, who wrote books with amazing titles like The Obnoxious Jerks and Chicken Trek. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I actually read some of his books when I was a child and I loved them because uh they combined three things that I really loved in my books which was people with very uh funny names mm-hmm. people doing odd things and everyone reacting to those odd things as though they were perfectly normal three things I loved in my reading I love it it's like um you were Born a Kids in the Hall fan. <laughs> uh, this 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 movie really drives home the importance of hiring a cast that have funny voices and interesting oh, looks. I love this. It is like I feel like this is like if you. It's hard to explain this. It's hard to explain this, but when I picture a PBS content mm-hmm. as a kid. This is like if you took the gum from um Wow, where is this going? From from Willy Wonka, where it's like oh. an entire meal. You just oh, okay. chewed it and it's everything. Like this is the this is everything PBS was in one tiny package. Oh, you're saying <laughs> this this movie is like the perfect little nugget of everything that was in made for TV PBS movies. Yeah, this yeah, like this is the kind of stuff that I always remember as a kid uh watching and would always get sucked into, you know, um in between uh runs through level 81 on Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> hey, it sounds like that podcasted voice is catching on. <laughs> oh, I think I figured out this reference. <laughs> um but it's got that it's got I mean, obviously, it was made in this time period, so it has the that eighties like um, yellow foil over the lens, <laughs> where everything is just brown, <laughs> and it's got uh, great New York accents because or Canadian, but th- these are all kind of New Yorkish. Like you know, the, most things in PBS were like filmed in either Canada or you know, near the Sesame workshop or whatever. Or Chicago. One of the three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So real like blue collar accents and everyone's, you know, Jewish. <laughs> like like all the characters, like all the actors are Jewish. And if like- they're not Jewish, they're Jewish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With a dash right there. <laughs> uh, and, and everyone lives in these awesome neighborhoods that uh, with these massive like, 
barn style houses and <laughs> it, it was just everything I loved when I was a kid because I always wanted to live places like it was like sidewalks everywhere I lived no we didn't have sidewalks we just had like 35 mile per hour roads yeah me too and so it was amazing to to see people living in places where you could actually walk somewhere and like you know look out for cars and stuff or ride the bus somewhere yeah, like I'm sure that people who think that when you grow up in a neighborhood where there's big wide open spaces all around your house and makes you less of an indoor kid, I would argue it might make you more of an indoor kid because you can't walk anywhere without tromping through your neighbor's swampy yards or getting <laughs> almost sideswiped by speeding cars down your podunk road. And here in Florida, the every it, like everyone has a fence in their yard. So you can't do that. You can't walk through people's yards. Oh. Like uh, where I lived in Ohio, no one had fences. So you just, you know, you need to get anywhere. We're friendly. Just, yeah. <laughs> Down here, it's, oh, no, baby. you Don't you dare try to touch my grass. Uh, yeah, and all the gators. Can't walk around and all those because of all those, ga- those gators. Um, Wonderworks was the miniseries that this was shown on, which ran from 84 to 92. I didn't realize co-produced by Walt Disney Company. I don't know if that was a tax write-off for them or what the deal was. They really didn't make their presence known in terms of the branding or they didn't have like an ad for Disney World before you watched anything. Well, Uh, but they did play these movies on Disney Channel. That makes sense. After, so after the fact, I don't know if they were trying to generate content or if this was part of like educational programming too, because they would play. They, they had this one specifically. I just found out has like a thirty-minute cut of the movie. This movie's about an hour, and it has like a thirty-minute cut that you that you would have gotten to play in your class or something after you read the book. Yeah. So so I don't know. <laughs> Those if it's like an educational. <laughs> that was kind of a mashup of two different facts. I think. Disney the point Channel. meaning like if this is the educational wing of Disney or Oh sure, sure. Yeah, I wonder I mean. if yeah. that was kind of more like Disney Channel, like an early Nickelodeon where they were like, What do we got? What do we got? It's gotta be cheap. It's gotta be real cheap and just fill time. <laughs> that may have been it as well. But you're right about the aesthetics of these Wonderworks shows. It's unlike things that are most things that are produced now, it's aggressively not slick. Nobody looks like an actor for the most part. Even the actors no. are character actors or stage actors. Uh, the special effects are aggressively lo-fi. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> they they almost look. And this is this is no slam on anyone. A lot of these look like um, what very ambitious film students might make as their final project. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's there. I'm looking over the things they produced. So they they did have a couple big budget, like Anne of Green Gables. That's high budget. Chronicles of Narnia, that weird. I think that was a BBC co-production, right? Because that's chalk a block with British people. But the cartoon? No, no, no. The live action. Okay. um, Gotcha. Where they kind of weirdly mash in animated animals, though sometimes very unconvincingly. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Like, (laughs) I think so. Peter points in the air and then a, a animated griffin kind of like hovers around where his hand is pointing. <laughs> but that's the one with the big uh, lion puppet. But then there's other stuff like 
uh, the Hoboken Chicken Emergency, which was yes. based on a book I loved, but that chicken looks like it's made out of styrofoam cups with a person <laughs> it's placed huge. inside it. Um, and then uh, uh, a movie I've never heard of, but we have to cover for this show, The Boy Who Loved Trolls. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's tons of like, I mean, are these all based on books? I think so. I think that was Wonderworks okay. thing. Yeah, these are all very like um, novels for your ten year old, you know, or whatever. Like yeah. probably younger than that, but like, yeah. And, and so there's there's wild ideas in them. Speaking of wild, can we talk about face first? You are planted into the world of of this story with the music, which lets you know exactly the <sighs> type of movie that you're in for. Shall I play? The 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 prelude <laughs> to this film. Nathan's, Nathan's so happy he can just sit there and grin. He has a smile it's, and it's reaching uh, up up to his forehead. It's like Joe the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, David Frank, for your your fine musical tastes. And you know, clarinet. Cl- the clarinet is such a um, like. I feel like people. I feel like you know people don't think about the clarinet much. Underused <laughs> but, instrument in popular music right now. Right, but I think it's used a lot. We just don't notice it because of how it's used. But when it is the star of the show, sure, it's amazing. Bring it back. That's right. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll learn clarinet. You also just need that like a whole like that kind of oh. musical singing style over yes. it. Yes. Uh, uh who who would who would do that? Like like a uh, Randy Newman or something like that. Or you or, shake like, Dr. Newman. John awake. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I knew it was gonna be Dr. John. <laughs> So get us in. This was actually your suggestion. I had never seen this before, but I found it pretty delightful. Tell us about our main character and his funny voice. We'll talk about everyone's funny voice in this show. So um, his name is Max, right? Oh, is that right? If only there was some way that you could know. If only there was some sort of web site that would show I don't know you... why you always make me go to the internet. <laughs> why can't you just tell me the answers? Well, yeah. You uh, just always make me search. Okay. All right. So our our, our character <laughs> Milo, freaking Milo. That's Milo right. Crimply. Crimply. The Crimply family. <laughs> yeah. So and played by Elon Elon Mitchell Smith, who um I think they said that uh, some agent like just saw him somewhere and was like, I like it. I like your look. That's great. And, and put him in a movie. Um, but he's, gosh, he's just this, you know, he makes me think of, he kind of makes me think of, um, 
Isn't the main character a real genius named Milo? <laughs> I don't know, but this actor was in Weird Science. Yes, he was. Um, and he's got this real, like, um, uh, like a softer, kinder, gentler version of Ben Shapiro's voice. <laughs> Yeah, he has that kind of, oh boy, I'm in for a real ride. <laughs> yeah, and he's got just a big mop of hair on his head. and um, uh, you, you can search at home, folks. I don't know why you need me to describe it. Oh, Hopefully well, you've it, already because watched it this. throws him into a rage like you. <laughs> they listen to this podcast so they never have to look anything up. You know, hopefully you've watched the show already. But yeah, he's he's just this... Um, you know, schlubby little kid, and um, I don't know. I don't know if I use the word schlubby right, but schlubby. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of him right now from the show, and his head's all just matted, like his hair is just flipped up and stuff. And he anyways. does have a haircut that's very in vogue with teens right now, though. Yes, a very much like a Stranger Things. Yes. Um, you well, know, the girl in this throwback. has a hard, hard Stranger Things look. She's got the real, like, uh, American Girl doll collector look. That little bowl. Oh. Of, like, a, a a big bowl. Not a bowl cut like a little Caesar cut. A bowl cut like you put a big mixing bowl, and it's a little perfect bowl of long hair around her. And the hair kind of curls up under itself. Yeah. <laughs> on the edge, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. So yeah, that's Matt. That's Milo. Milo Crimply. Ask Max. <laughs> yeah, I and know. he'll say his name is Milo. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's a schlub. He is a klutz. Yeah, klutz. Okay, klutz. Take away schlub. Don't, he is a schlemiel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> schlemazel. He's not quite a schlemazel, but he is a schlemiel. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, and he he falls down, Nathan. He's going through an oh, awkward constantly. time in life. He. He uh he trips he he spills stuff he does uh, he can't, dumb he stuff can't keep his he can't keep his jeans on the doorknob it just keeps falling off exactly <laughs> the first example I, I thought of the kid he can't keep his jeans on the doorknob yeah exactly that I mean when I think of imperfect people I think of people who just cannot nail the the pants on a doorknob. And is he uh, happy about this? Trick. No. He gets no, he gets uh, laughed at. He gets pointed at. His brother's always giving him the business. And and by the way, who is his brother? Who is his brother played by? Um well, uh, well, it, Lenny Van Dolan. Lenny Van Dolan from um Twin Peaks. What's that? Well, but also what's that movie? Electric Dreams. Oh, he is the star of Electric Dreams. I know him mostly yes. as a extremely creepy person from Twin Peaks. And even in this, yeah. uh, this actor has a very intense energy. <laughs> <laughs> he does. And he's got a, he's got like a real heavy, it feels like a real heavy like New York like accent, the way he's talking. Um, it doesn't necessarily fit the accent of the rest of the family, but <laughs> no. But I do think that there's a lot of New York stage actors in this, in this yeah. show. I actually thought this was the guy who played Blossom's oldest brother, the one who was barely ever oh. on the show, the one who was like, <laughs> "I have to go to rehab again." And I don't know if he was like <laughs> getting other jobs or he they couldn't <laughs> figure out what to do with him on the show. It was very odd. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see him. 
but but he would have been so much he would have been so much younger than mm-hmm. I think the guy on the show is. I, I guess so. He always seemed weirdly old. I mean, you know a lot about Blossom simply by the fact that Dr. John sings the intro. Oh, yeah. And in my opinion, the sun is gonna surely shine. That's another, I think there's a good clarinet in that theme song. <laughs> there has to be a good clarinet in there. Well, I'll, I'll circle back on that later. <laughs> What kind of genre of music would you even... We should name it something. What oh. is that very oboe and clarinet forward style of 2D music? Man, that has to have... We have to come up with a genre name. I'm sure it's something like Tin Pan or something, you know, some like dumb name like that. Could we call it Rudy Tootie? Rudy Tootie. <laughs> it's real Rudy Tootie music. I mean, it is... I do think of it whenever I say the words. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll think about it. Okay, give it some I'll prayer. It, yeah. Okay, I will. <laughs> uh, can we talk about the next amazing funny voice slash funny name, which is Milo is always getting the business from his teacher, Miss Sandwich. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. Love a Miss Sandwich. Played by Hermione Gringold, <laughs> who was a classic New York stage actress. She's also in like The Music Man and a bunch of other musicals. But she talks like this all the time, naturally. And she is 82 (laughs) in this movie. Yes, she was born in 1897. (laughs) She has seen it all. I know. Every time I research a movie, I'm like, oh, God, this person saw all of American history change before them. You must be so ready to leave the planet when you've had that kind of life. Especially when you're playing Mrs. Sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I don't recognize this world anymore. (laughs) It's all about bell-bottom jeans. (laughs) And cartoons. (laughs) (laughs) A person tried to sell me an electric. Trick light orchestra. What happened <laughs> to the classical orchestra? <laughs> oh. Can I play the ad that I sent you of that Hermione Gringold made yes. for Coco Loco before yeah. she passed on this mortal coil? Hold yes. on just one second. Let me make sure my volume is all the way up because believe me, you do not want to miss a second of this. Uh, I'm glad that they're trying to get me to switch to chat. Oh, hold on one second. This is going to be... I'm sorry to timestamp this episode like this, but I got a huge, huge alert whenever I went to Gmail that chat in Gmail Hangouts will soon be replaced by Google Chat. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. These are the kind of changes I was talking about. (laughs) I don't care for them. Big news. I always hobnobber with society snobber. There's one thing I know they'll adopt. Coca-Goya Colada is a lot of Colada. It's the cream of the cream of coconut. Now, I should just say that Hermione Gringold is in what looks like if the Golden Girls had a dream sequence. It's She's just surrounded by white wicker 
and palm trees and blowing white silk. And she is in a black dressing gown with big ostrich feathers all over her. And she has a little tiny red fan and two cans of Goya Colada Pina Colada, which she will start shaking like two little maracas. No pain or colada, my dear, hits the spot. I take only the top of the crop. Coco Goya Colada is a lot of colada. It's the cream of the cream of coconut. Nothing but the cream of the cream of coconut. This is... Okay, I'm sorry. You just talked over the most bizarre, (laughs) funniest part of this song. I now have to replay it. Nothing but the cream of the cream of coconut. They'll adopt it. What? (laughs) What did she say? They're adopted? They're adopted. (laughs) And she clasps the peanut colada to her bosoms. I don't know what that means, but it makes me laugh. So this song sounds like straight out of a Rankin Bass. Sure. I wish those songs were that short. I picture, you know, a stilted animation of someone dancing around a coconut tree. And also that isn't that kind of like the same style of Rudy Tootie music, but with a Latin edge, (laughs) just the tiniest bit. Mm, Boy, I don't know. I kind of I don't want to know but you. I want to yes and you. But well, I f- don't don't if it's not true. I feel like moment. Rudy Tootie is more about like you can you can think of a, a band that's wearing peppermint stripe style outfits, kind of like slowly like lurching down the street playing it. You know what I mean? This is a little too smooth for Rudy Tootie for me. Well, I'm gonna stand firm that I think this is a subgenre at least of oh. Rudy Tootie. Nathan. I just realized what we have to do. We have got to make a Spotify playlist of Rudy Tootie. Okay. And just slowly start adding it. But okay, we have to, the problem is all of the music we find is in movies. So we would have to like release, we would have to get the rights to the scores of these movies and then release them on Spotify. I, I I wonder. I mean, you kind of have to rely sometimes on people uploading their own stuff. I've found very strange soundtracks on Spotify, but it's very clear that the composer themselves uploaded it. Okay. I'm sorry that bores you there's so a lot much. Of, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes <laughs> information in the liner notes. Is that what you're saying? <clears throat> uh, no. <laughs> okay. In the liner notes on Spotify? I wish there was liner notes. Unless I don't, don't know what I'm little, looking like, at. They don't have like a little about thing or something, info or something. I I suppose there is that. You got me. You got me. You know me. what I can? Maybe I can make a a page on the networkspecialpodcast.com website where you can find all of our episodes and social media, mm-hmm. and uh, and good. it'll be just uh, I'll upload my own MP3s. So there's three things, because my first thought was, why did this woman not do a million cartoons? As far as I can see, she's only done two. Uh, one, of course, in the cartoon Gay Purry, as okay. Marianne Rubin's chat. And okay. then in uh, Tubby the Tuba, she voices Miss Squeak. But I've got <laughs> to track down and watch Munster Go Home. She's in a Munster movie. Playing Lady Effigy Munster. So Love she's it. related to Herman in some way. I mean, she sounds like I feel like 
some Disney voice actor was Im- imitating her. Oh, in something, you know, like sure. it just sounds like straight out of a Rankin Bass Disney, any kind of any kind of animation from that time period. Absolutely. Look, I could talk about her all day, and I will yeah. on my on my other podcast, Gabin Bow Gingold. But <laughs> okay, we got to move on to our next funny voice slash funny name character because Milo, he's sick of not he's sick of being a klutz. And a mysterious flyer blows down the sidewalk towards him, and it advertises that you can be a perfect person in just three days if you take the course provided by Professor Professor Silverfish, who is played delightfully by Wallace Shawn. Okay, well, that was close. Almost Gilbert Gottfried, but <laughs> yeah, he has a softer say. edge. And well, he and goes got, up. And he has a lisp. A slight lisp. Yeah. That actually kind of gets it closer to Gilbert a, a little bit. Maybe? Lisp. A slight lisp. I don't know. Do something from Princess Bride. Well, he doesn't have he doesn't have it with his S, maybe. Because he says inconceivable. But he doesn't say it with a inconceivable. Yeah, you're right. Doesn't do like a Sylvester. Now you're blending oh, yeah. our two our two yeah. favorite voices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> inconceivable. Now it's but he's Edmund. great in this. He's great in this. He's got like he's got like a long he's got long back hair. <laughs> like uh, I mean, from the back of it. And I don't mean hair yeah, on his back. I maybe mean, explain that he has long <laughs> hair. <laughs> he has luscious long back hair that just hangs out from below the suits he's wearing. <laughs> you describe Wallace Shawn's hair as back hair because he still has Wallace Shawn hair, which means he's bald on top. Yeah, he just he has, has a little Gallagher hula skirt of hair. Yeah, which which I think if I ever get that route, I may try to do. Oh, your I wife's a lucky woman. It, oh, she will finally uh, be kiss mine. you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait until she feels your long, long hula hula skirt hair brush her face in the morning. <laughs> Are my long flowing back hair? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll also let that, that grow I, out. That I have to tuck into my underwear. It will be nice when your hair on your head gets long enough to braid with your back hair. Oh, that, oh! So you can have like a, one of the Navi from Avatar. It'll look like you have a tail braided <laughs> up into your head. <laughs> Which is really the best character design ever, right? Oh, <laughs> no more classic and beloved design than the long blue Navi. <laughs> Glad there's four more of those movies on the way. Not a second too oh, soon. Gosh, I know. I know. It just feels like only yesterday we were watching Avatar <laughs> 1. <laughs> yeah, boy, it sure does. <laughs> God, that movie came out so long ago. I was living in New York whenever that movie came out. And now they're going to release sequels. Yeah, this is like 20 years later or something. Good Lord. Um, do you think that they're going to release all four sequels? No way. There's no? no the second one's not going to be... The second one's going to be the last one, I think. I think... I think, and I may be uh, talking out of my Rudy Tootie, but uh, I think Cameron... Oh, I am. 
I think Cameron may be making at least two at the same time, if not oh, all okay. of them simultaneously. So he, he's he's like, you're getting these freaking movies. If you yeah. want one of them, you're getting all of them. I think now James is the level of successful that if he says it's happening, it's happening. Man. Okay. Well. Okay. So what is the storyline to this movie, by the way? Well, the storyline is that Milo goes to Professor Silverfish and uh, the professor starts giving him tasks to do. And the tasks seem like they are meaningless or they're going to be harmful, but they slowly start giving Milo more self-confidence. For instance, whenever he tells him that he needs to wear a, a piece of broccoli around his neck all the time. And it uh, it seems ridiculous, and at first kids are laughing at him, and he gets sent to the principal's office. But on the way to the principal's office, Milo starts talking to himself and going, hey, it's not illegal to have a vegetable around your neck. In fact, why shouldn't I have it around my neck? And he goes to the principal's office. He goes, it's my right as an American to have a vegetable <laughs> around my neck. And then pretty soon... Uh, kids are wearing eggplants, stalks of celery around their necks. He's created a, a little trend. Yeah, he's um, it's great. He's just living his life. Um, now, and no one can stop him. Now, this is the sort of movie that it's good. I did not see it whenever I was younger because oh, I would no. have taken this oh, as a no. factual and inspirational and aspirational story and tried this kind of thing and then gotten pounded worse for uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I could only imagine what you would, would have been wearing around <laughs> next to your bolo, <laughs> your bolo tie or whatever. I mean, I know I've seen shots whenever I did an image search for this, that there are classrooms of little kids. Cause this book is still taught in schools and they all have little uh, paper broccoli stalks that they've made that they're wearing around their neck. And it's very oh, cute. Nice. But, um, yeah. Can we talk about the sandwich he eats um, oh. in the beginning of the sh- in the beginning? Uh, I was eating when I watched it, and I really wished I hadn't been. <laughs> so this is a massive hoagie bun, right? Massive hoagie open. bun. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. And um, he's got slices of apple and uh, chips, potato chips, and then he pours yogurt over the top. Oh. And then he tries to eat it and it all flops, slops out. This is at the bus stop. This is breakfast, by the way. This is breakfast, and he's eating it next to three old ladies on the bus stop. Who are clutching their pearls. <laughs> Who <laughs> barely keep from projectile vomiting all over the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so what are so what's so all the stuff is he's he's a klutz, he falls down. Yeah. He can't keep pants on doorknobs. He's bad at school cuz he doesn't listen. We should so also like he, say he uh wrecks his brother's car. His yeah, brother he is wrecks his trying to uh <laughs> go to a, a trip to Europe. He has, he's trying to save his money. He's going to sell his beloved car. So he can go to Europe and uh, Milo. And come on, this is on the kid. If you're a kid and you know that you're prone to accidents, don't get in your brother's car in the driver's seat and turn it on <laughs> because <laughs> you're gonna drive right through the garage. He does. He um, he writes a paper on the history of China, but he writes it about 
the dishes mm-hmm. instead of China, the country. Right. Yeah, he's just all over the place, this guy. He's bumping into trees. He's ruined. Yeah, he's ruining his brother's, uh, you know, coming of age trip. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. So this is why he needs to become perfect and why he ends up with Dr. Silverfish and wearing the broccoli. What's another thing he tells him he has to do? Uh, he tells him to not eat. He can't eat for a day, which leads to him in school having a little farty stomach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a little grumbly tumbly. He gets the Rudy toots in his tum tum. <laughs> yeah, and you know, um, there's lots of hijinks with that. Um, and and what is there anything else? Sorry, I, are we both passing over what that lesson? does because i can't remember it either why why does systemic growling result in something positive that's like i felt like some of these um was it just to make him not care about what other people thought because it's like he'll make a mistake or he'll be weird in public and it's fine um maybe it may maybe it causes it teaches him how to like have like self-control or something yeah, maybe. I, I wish I had written it down because I think that it is a little bit more of an A to B lesson <laughs> that he learned that I'm not drumming up. Sorry, listener, but hey, you should be watching these movies and then you can exactly yell at us in an informed way. Or send put a, put a comment on Apple iTunes review, Apple Podcast review, where you make fun of my laugh. Now, to be fair... He did not make fun of your laugh. He said you laugh at everything. No, he said he did say he did come. He did. I feel like he did add an adverb there. Oh, okay. About how I laughed about okay. everything. Was it delightful? Is that how he described it? He delightfully. Yes, and I always take that as a as a diss and not a compliment. He said you delightfully titter at every comment made. <laughs> titter. Love it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, There's that laugh. There's that delightful laugh. <laughs> and and so for this, all these lessons, uh, Mr. Dr. Silverfish says that he needs to have something precious, something rare, something the most valuable thing that Milo has. Yes. And Milo's trying to figure out what that thing is because he says it's not money. It needs to be and valuable at one point, to him. He thinks it's a gorilla a mask, a gorilla mask. A very odd uh, decision to leap to, but I mean, people do act odd in this movie, not just Milo. Yes, yeah, and um, this is all leading up to what is the cover of the VHS tape, which <laughs> is there's a kite flying festival, like a competition, where you um, whoever can fly, you know, the best kite that works but also looks cool and it looks interesting so there's people who have like made like a pizza box kite someone does um his friend does a dress kite and um his bully his enemies do a shark kite with a big knife at the end of it yes it's not it's awesome it's actually a really awesome kite (laughs) and so milo doesn't want to take part in this because he thinks he's too a much of a schlemiel <laughs> to do so. <laughs> and and then who shows up but a sneaky man <laughs> in a beard who looks and sounds a lot like Dr. Silverfish. He has flowing back hair. 
Now, this was the one thing. Like, uh, obviously, this <laughs> is a uh, this is a, a magical reality. This is a lot of leaps of faith. You're not supposed to take anything in this show seriously. However, you can push me too far. And whenever Wallace Shawn showed up in disguise, quote unquote, as a balloon seller, and he just has a big fake beard on, okay. If you have been talking to Wallace Shawn, I will say if you've ever talked to Wallace Shawn once in your life, let's say he's not an actor. He's he's never been anything you've seen. If you talk to that man once in your life, you would remember him for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because exactly. nobody looks or sounds like Wallace Shawn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to believe, but it's always like that. It's always... Um I always feel like it's always this way in, in kids' things. Well, it's I was very clear. furious. So, yes, he decides to enter the kite contest by not flying a kite, which I thought was a weird turn <laughs> for the story to go down because he just ties a bunch of balloons to a wheelchair. Uh, he, he tips over a kid who's in a wheelchair and he starts tying balloons to it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a lawn chair. It's a lawn chair. Is it? Okay. All right. Yeah. For some reason I thought it was a wheelchair. No. Now this is, this is very, uh, interesting. It chilled me to the bone. Um, because I'm looking at when the, the book was written 1982. This was the same year that lawn chair Larry had his epic flight in a lawn chair that he tied giant helium balloons to. How far did he get? He made a 45-minute flight, uh, let's see, on a patio chair with 45 helium-filled weather balloons. He rose to 16,000 feet. Holy moly. Too Was high. He buckled in? <laughs> I would hope so. Um, I mean, me thinking about this made me sweaty, palmed, and nervous. Thinking about yeah. being just in a deck chair, looking down, flying in oh. the sky. Uh, he then entered controlled airspace near the Long Beach Airport and went right into power lines, but he was able and, to climb down. <laughs> holy moly. And, can, can we, and, we'll, and we can never forget the balloon disaster in Cleveland. Lots of balloon hijinks in America. Yeah. Oh, early 80s was a, a golden age for balloon hijinks. You had yeah. this guy, the Cleveland balloon launch. Uh, you had Das Road Balloon. Did you ever watch that? <laughs> no. Jeremy, do you know what I'm talking about? No The clue. red balloon? Oh, okay. Oh, I, is it? This is, the, this is the what Mr. Show is riffing off of? Oh, God. Yes, yes. They did a sketch okay. kind of basically. Yeah, there was a... Uh, it's a short film, but without words. But I believe it was filmed in Denmark called Das Rode Balloon, or The Red Balloon, about a little boy <laughs> who has a magical red balloon, follow him everywhere, and it turns into his uh, friend. But it's one of those things where it just got shown everywhere. And I will run into people who have seen it at, at random. Because, of well, course, it's I the will... first thing I ask them. <laughs> Didn't it come out on like Criterion Edition or something? Probably. <laughs> like. It's probably streamable on their <laughs> service at this point. Yeah. So th this kite competition has absolutely no rules, right? No, they just want to see, uh, well, it needs to be up in the air. Who can get the highest for five minutes straight, I believe. And you can also just the longest flight sabotage anyone else's kite if you want. Yeah, bully and you kid will not be goes disqualified. crazy with that knife kite. 
And then he tries to kill um, Milo, Milo yeah. by popping his balloons with his shark thing, with his shark kite. And, um, of course, it doesn't work. You know, Milo lives to the end of this movie, thankfully. Spoiler, he does, he does not die at the end of this. No, he doesn't. Movie for children. Um, he ends up thwarting the shark kite and landing down. And now he thinks, now he is the perfect person. Right, because he has self-confidence. He's, right. uh, 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 can uh, walk around with a vegetable around his neck, which means that you're doing just fine. The kid who plays the bully, he had such a run of playing bullies. I mean, he just, he has the perfect look. He has like kind of tangled sort of greasy blonde hair. He's, he's a oh, little husky. No question. Yep. He wears like a, a, a mid length football Jersey for a shirt. Uh-huh. He's <laughs> What's his a- name in this Norbert or something. What's it like uh, the character he's playing? Uh, um, Yes, Norbert Sandhill. <laughs> Great name. He was a bully in The Wonder Years, bully in Head of the Class, uh, a bully in the Cranium Command attraction oh, wow. at Epcot Center. <laughs> Man. A bully in Parker Lewis Can't Lose, a bully in The Love Mask. It. Love it. And a bully on Malibu Shores. Isn't that a show that you love, Malibu Shores? Malibu Shores. Yeah, um, that's like an know. early Carrie Russell. Oh, I, I I was thinking of um, oh, what's the Hollywood teens where they're all in a band? Yeah, you're thinking of California Dreams. California Dreams. <laughs> God, I wish there was a TV movie of California Dreams we could talk about. California Dreams. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a fan. There is no Rudy Toot music in California Dreams. Let me tell you no, that. No, no, no. It's all rock and roll, pure, <laughs> straight up hardcore. The Hall hardest rock you can think Hall of. Hall of Fame style hard rock. That's rock, right. rock and roll. It was inspiration to Minor Threat forming as a band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Milo wins money from this thing because he lasted the longest in the air and gets home. And so now he's throwing a party for himself. And in the midst. Of throwing the party, what happens? What well, you tell me. Well, first he gives that money that he won to his brother. Very so, nice to pay, which is great. Um, and there's a very nice, nice little touching moment at the end on that. Um, but no, he uh, falls over and knocks down a bunch of stuff, and he realizes he he um, did not get what he was promised, which is a perfect. No it's falling down life. <laughs> right. So uh, he and runs. So he chases after Mr. Silverfish, yeah. Yeah, he goes to Mr. Silverfish's house to give him the yelling of a lifetime, and the house is abandoned, has a big for rent sign. Yes. And um, I forget, what. how does he find, he gets, so he gets these tapes, basically how he gets his instructions from Silverfish is he gets these tapes and he listens to the tape and each tape gives him instructions. He gets one final tape. I can't remember how he finds it. Well, it, there's a parachute. Oh, that's right. That comes down in front of his house. It has a cassette yeah. tape in it. And so he sits and listens to this tape and it, it's one of those things where you're listening to a tape and the recording reacts to what you're doing. Yes. 
the recording will say something and it will give a pause long enough for you to say out loud to nobody, but that's crazy. And then it will say, you might think it's crazy, but... Yeah, and this scene like just seared into my head. Like those tapes and all that stuff, like that kind of like the tape in the coconut. He gets he has one in a coconut. Like all these these like moments, um, really. Uh, oh yeah, because the tape at the end, the tape just the the tape recorder starts eating the tape. Mm-hmm. But then it still plays. It like stops and garbles his voice. But then it continues playing anyway. There's a little bit of magic here at the end. Um. When you say that it really got in your head, do you mean as a child you saw this and you wanted to make tapes that allowed people well, to pause and then you'd seem very yeah. smart by answering <laughs> them? Well, there, that that kind of thing, um, that kind of scene in a show, was, I felt like those kinds of scenes in shows where, where there's a recording and they're reacting in real time, like it's something, those always stuck with me. I don't know why. I, I, they, I think maybe because there were so many of them, but... This is the kind of stuff I remember, like thinking when I saw this, like this popped into my head, like as a flash, like, oh, you watched this when you were. Oh, I see. This was a sensory (laughs) moment for you. Yeah. Okay. It came all back to you in a rush. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So and then that's the end of the movie. I mean, there's a little scene with a brother uh, who's going to teach him how to drive and then he he changed his mind because something bad happens. I don't know. He falls out of his chair or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So overall, what did you think of this? I think this movie has some of the best lessons taught for children that is in almost anything that we've watched so far. <laughs> Sometimes we watch uh, movies for children with lessons that I would really not want my kids learning <laughs> from these oh, things. And just a little nod to next week's episode. Oh, really? I agree 100%. Oh, no. A movie <laughs> I have not yet watched, but now I the, can't wait. The lesson is very much garbled and confusing, but we'll okay. get there. Anyways, <laughs> I loved it. I love I love it, the 80s um, kid genre where everyone's just a big weirdo. It's like very mild David Lynch for kids. I love <laughs> how in the kite contest, uh, his best friend has made a kite by uh, iron, ironing, <laughs> ironing. ironing. <laughs> Ironing. Ironing her mom's prom old prom dress into a flat kite. One kid has turned a pizza box and a pizza yes. into a kite. There's a lot of great little weird touches. It looks like the people who made it had fun making it. Yeah. And also yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just just in case she's listening, and maybe it would come up because this is such an odd title. Maybe she has a Google alert for it. Sarah Boyd, who plays Milo's best friend. Uh, has had a great career. She did like two things when she was a kid, (laughs) really not that into acting. But now (laughs) she's an editor and a director for TV, and she works on huge shows. She works on Lost, Bates Motel, Ugly Betty, uh, lots of Law and Order. She's doing great. So good on you, Sarah Boyd. Glad you didn't turn into a child actor nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I I just think this is the, one of the most charming things we've watched for sure. It's 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 an hour. It's it's one of those great ones that we talk about in the sweet spot of like 
yes, make everything an hour or a half hour. <laughs> like, don't go any further. You don't need a TV special that goes any further than those two time frames. Boy, I just, uh, I saw the Batman and I enjoyed it and I was watching it and I was going, you know what? This is long, but I am very engaged with this story. Looks great. Like these characters. And then Nathan, it hit a certain point. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And here's the ending. Oh, okay. There's another scene. All right. I guess we're also going to wrap this up. Okay, and we're going to keep continuing on with a new plot line. All right, I guess we'll see how these characters wound up. Okay, and yet another little epilogue. It was just like, and, and these things faster. You need to know when to cut stuff out. And the people who worked at Wonderworks knew what they were doing, baby. That's right. <laughs> They they, they, they they put the page on the screen and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it makes it kind of makes me want to like this one and it makes me want to kind of go and I, I'm assuming these are light reads. <laughs> like, you know, I would <laughs> assume so. These yes. are dense, like, you know, a war and peace style. What if it uh, is? What if you get this <laughs> book for children and it is like a Ulysses style phone book. <laughs> it's like it's like Game of Thrones. Like he's still finishing. <laughs> the, he's still trying to finish this. All right, I'm I'm looking at this now. You can uh, go on Amazon. This paperback is eighty pages. Yeah, reading age eight to twelve years. So I'm thinking that the print is not super fine. Yeah, so this is this is like it seems like something I want to read with my daughter or something. It, it's just it's very fun and and um, yeah, I think you nailed it when you said funny names, everyone acting goofy, and everyone accepting it. Yeah, and you <laughs> except get... for the bullies, it's always the bullies who are the bullies yeah. who are always and even the bullies. I didn't feel like were over the top in this. No, they Some... eventually wore they eventually wore the broccoli too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then they tried to murder our protagonist, but yeah, besides that. Uh, but you're right. They didn't go over the top. <laughs> and look, it, I mean, I, you can get a acceptable level used copy of this on Amazon for 96 cents. If you want to bump it up to good or very good, it can be a dollar or four dollars. Let's get this back on the top New York Times top sellers list. Yes, and I am excited to uh, definitely watch more in the Wonderworks series. I think I think I've found three total, which was the Boy of Love Trolls and the Hoboken Chicken Emergency, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll be able to watch those for sure. And Hoboken excited. Chicken Emergency. Speaking of funny names, real life funny name, uh, children's author I was obsessed with, Daniel Pinkwater, wrote that book. So I'll have a lot of Pinkwater awesome. thoughts. Producer so, Jeremy, sorry, I got to ask him. Producer yeah. Jeremy, a lot of PBS in your past. You were a homeschooled family. I assume that PBS must have gotten a real workout. Uh, tell you what, uh, people consider me a Arthur enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want to know about Wishbone and uh, what was okay. it, Ghostwriter and all the good old Oh, Ghostwriter. I've been, I've been getting my, ki my kid into Ghostwriter. Yeah, I love Quality. Nicolas Cage. Um, now with Arthur, <laughs> did you watch 
the the reunion special. Can't say that I have. Oh. I, uh... They just did a new episode where everyone's grown up. Get right out of town. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. am on it. A lot of fervor because uh, some of the character models people felt were a little too woke. Hmm. <laughs> because they, they, they are saying that there are context clues that one of them is a big, fat lesbian. Uh, and um, you can see why that would upset everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this monkey might be a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least they're not curious, George. Am I right, fellas? Oh boy, are you right about that? You're, it, by well, it's isn't it by curious George now? Now it's by curious George. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. So sorry, Jeremy. That's okay. It's invading every space. <laughs> this woke culture has gotten me with no sleep lately. <laughs> I know it's tiring. Um, so, if you want to hear more about how the woke culture has invaded this country and and really it changed the society for the worse. Check us out on networkspecialpodcast.com. Um, you can subscribe at all your favorite podcast places, except for the ones where you'd probably have to pay money to be on. And uh, we have all the social medias, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And I try to post something every, every day. Um, so please pop on there and have some fun. Instagram. In my day, we could wait a moment. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? This is going to be her stand-up act, and of course, I love her. Yeah. Oh, I love your your impression of her, of yeah. her voice. This is the new Stony. Um. Ooh. By the way. Yeah. Is the, is the Stony reunion time. coming? <laughs> I think Stony's got it. I mean, I don't know what he's up to. Let me tell but... you. Let me tell you, Nathan. <laughs> Oh, man. You think that kid got high with a bunch of balloons? You should have seen me last weekend. <laughs> oh, did you have your own helium? Yeah, I flew a kite really, really high. Helium tank. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think I meant? Oh, I, I don't know. I just I was, I just was making conversation. Oh, yeah. No, I love <laughs> kite flying. And then I <laughs> ate a big can of peyote. <laughs> okay, now I see where this is going. <laughs> no curveballs. <laughs> All right, Great. everyone. Well, thanks for stopping by. Oh, sure. All right, everyone. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>